Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week in WWE as we count down to Backlash going down in a few weeks time in Puerto Rico. I'm Keela Cash and by my side as always is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the not so rapidly improving Von Wagner. There is a managerial spot open for Scott to take if he chooses to accept it. But I bring to you as always back on the show on the free feed, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Very excited to talk about another wonderful week in the world of WWE and their crazy ups and downs. And they give you some of the best of the best and they give you some of the worst of the worst all in the same show, same segment, (laughs) WWE at its finest. But we're not tackling this alone this week. Very excited. It's always a pleasure to have the guest on. So it's going to be a good conversation today. This sums up the weekend WWE perfectly, a hot ass mess. It was good, bad, somewhere in between, and we have to dissect into all of it. But we're not alone, as Scott alluded to, as we have an extra special guest host today as he is back to bless your ears, back to bless the airwaves with his presence he is Grandpa Des, the godfather in some ways, having so many gigs, a part of the Fiking Media family, has not been on this show in a minute. We've missed him so much. He missed all of WrestleMania season, and that made us very sad. But he's here for the post-effects of it all. I bring to you Grandpa Ass himself, Grandpa Des, Pa Fontaine. Welcome back to The Wrap. It's great to be here. I, I was so jealous that I, I didn't get to partake in the... Uh, the post WrestleMania show. Um, and, and you guys did a great job with Gigi. Um, but, and I enjoyed listening to it. In fact, I, I, ju- I I've been behind. So I, I just listened over the last, uh, couple days and I was listening to your show from last week earlier today. And, uh, Scott was on fire on that show, <laughs> uh, fantasy booking UFC, uh, versus <laughs> WWE. Um, and I was just watching UFC before we started recording. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's, it's, it was a good week. It was much better than last week. So I got a, I got a good uh, gig this week. Yes, good time to come in. We had a little jump scare, Vince dipping his toes a little bit in too deep, but he's backed away for now, thankfully. So we're spared from Vince in charge, in charge, in name only. We'll see about it. But a much more calm week in the world of WWE. Before we dive into the week that was for the company, uh, as I'm watching the game right now in real time we are in the nba playoffs it's game one it's the golden state warriors versus sacramento kings and the warriors are leading by two with a lot of time left on the clock i'm sure scott is thrilled about that but what i'm about to say is going to shock him because tomorrow and monday by the time the show airs we're going to have game one done for regarding the lakers versus the grizzlies and i am going to make a bold prediction on this year air that's going to make Scott very happy. I predict the Lakers in six. Hmm. 
not only does it make me happy, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> listen, I've been watching him the last few games. I, you know what I'm saying? I get it. Um, no, this is up. You know, I, uh, I, I agree with you. I think the, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, egregious on my pick. I'm going to go Lakers in five, um, and they'll lose the first game. Hmm. Wow. I, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. The playoffs ended on Tuesday. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> listen. Hey, hockey started, and I'm gonna. I am going to watch hockey all year this year. I'm gonna pick a team. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna pick a team, and I am going to watch hockey. I love watch, watch the the, uh, the Avalanche. They're really fun. Or no, you know what? The Oilers. The Oilers are fun to watch. But uh, no, I mean the Raptors got eliminated, and like I don't know about you guys, but when when your uh, when your significant other dumps you, I don't go around watching what they do after. I move on. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Raptors are done. NBA is done. That's it. Damn. Come on, Paul. You can't pick like a little homer team outside nope. of the state. Oh. Nope. Nope. Aww. I mean, if I had to, uh, you know, I, I kind of like the Lakers. I'd like to see LeBron get another ring, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I will say this. If, you know, if, if, my t- if LeBron's out, that's cool. I only have one other thing I need, and then I'll be I'll be good too. I just need the Warriors to be out, and then I'm good. I could care less who wins, what happens after that. You know, I'll, I'll root for somebody, but I don't really care at that point. If once those two things happens, I'm with you, Paul. I get it, but my hatred is as powerful as my love. So, well, you you guys teams are both in here, and I think the last time I did this show, you both your teams were under 500 and like fighting for 11th. So it was a nice comeback. Um, you know what? I, I am going to pick a team. Uh, 76ers. I think they're going to win. Not a bad pick. Yeah, and they're 12 to 1 right now. In fact, I think when this show's done, I'm going to go put a bet down on that. <laughs> okay, so you don't <laughs> care, but you're about your pockets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a degenerate gambler. <laughs> now, that's something. I don't care, but my pockets go 76ers. Absolutely. Go, go uh, James Harden, the beard. Right? Boo. He's on that team, right? Boo. I don't acknowledge him. No, I hate the 76ers. Like, I hate the 76ers, but that's a, that's good money, 12 to 1. Yo, James Harden gets a ring. It, that changes his whole legacy. Yeah. And uh, Joel Embiid, I mean, you know, he, he's good. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here right now marveling at Paul saying, F the playoffs, but let me get this paper, though. I'm just marveling at that right now. And yeah. for that, I'm rooting for Milwaukee. Oh my Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pull for Milwaukee. Go Giannis. And, and his brother. And his brother who sits on the bench and comes out the last two minutes of the game. That's a good gig if you can get it. People oh, yeah. say that. But when he come in the game, not only does he get buckets, he gives you like four or five rebounds. He gets a block. <laughs> he he gets the crowd fired up. Like, he does his job for his two minutes he get in there. Like, I, and I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, he does his job. Don't ask me what his name is. <laughs> I just know it's Giannis' the, brother. It's, it's Thanos. Th- Thanos. Oh, okay. oh, oh, like Thanos. It's not. It's like T H A I N N I S. I think Thanos. <laughs> no man, that man is not Thanos. He is not walking around with no gold. He does not have the Roman glove on with the six stones. Okay. <laughs> 
the levels of trying it, but go Golden State leading by one as I talk right now. We'll come back as the game progresses. So Paul's got dibs on the 76ers. Scott's in on the Lakers. I love the Warriors. Capping for Milwaukee just in case. That's where we stand right now. Place your money if you so choose. Just saying. As we segue now to the week that was for WWE as we kick things off with a hill turn that has been expected for quite some time as Trish Stratus finally turned on Becky Lynch during their WWE Women's Tag Team Championship defense against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. And I got to be 100% real. This match was not very good. It was rough around the edges. And I like everyone in this match, but Trish was off. Becky and Raquel was doing things. It didn't look right. It was just a hot-ass mess. Corey Graves was trying to say, but saying it's a chemistry thing. They haven't teamed often. This is what happens when you don't work together as often as you should as a tag team. Shit happens. It was a mess. It was a wreck. But ultimately, Liv Morgan dodges a chick kick, and she rolls up Trish to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. It should be noted before this match, Lita was attacked phantom style backstage and we had people feign responsibility i think trish did it and it was kind of confirmed when trish turned on becky lynch to a chorus of booze and we'll see how our promo goes on monday night raw to explain our actions but the match itself was just mm, the crowd heat was mm, and the heel turn was good but it's all about the follow-up coming up on monday night raw to really sell this and how far they can take this between now and presumably SummerSlam, scott yeah, I, I thought the so let me let me talk about the good. What I thought was was good in this segment. I, I thought the heel turn itself was really good. Like as far as Trish's attack, um, the way she went at Becky, I thought all that was really good. Um, I thought Liv Morgan looked pretty good throughout the match. Um, that's that's really about it. Uh, I didn't think anything else was really good about the entire segment. Like I thought Lita was pretty bad in the back. You know, I don't know what she was trying to convey, what was hurt, like if she was supposed to be concussed, if she got hit in the head. I don't I don't know. We got Liv just screaming bloody Mary instead of like why you got two people there. Instead of one of you going to get help, you're both just laying there. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? We got Becky who comes out of nowhere. So now we have three people just standing around Lita who doesn't even know what hurts on her. So she can't even tell nobody how to help her. This whole thing is just like, what are we doing? And then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bag on the match. I'm not going to do that because if you saw it, you already know what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm hoping that, you know, Raquel and Liv can do something with the titles. I hope but that's me being – that's wishful thinking on my part, right? <laughs> Stupid me. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, that's that's honestly all I have. I mean, that's – it was not a good segment. The heel turn was good. Not really looking forward to the match. Like when there was Trish versus Charlotte, I was like, cool. I, that's intriguing. This Trish versus Becky, not excited. No. And you know what's crazy? I think the match everybody wanted five years ago is not happening anytime soon. It was Trish and Sasha Banks. That was the match you wanted to see. Trish and Charlotte was fine, but I see this oil and water with Becky and Trish. Hopefully I'll be surprised by the time it's all said and done, but definite choices. But I'm happy that Liv's got a belt. She soldiered through the last six or so months to get back in the championship picture. Good for her. 
I still think her and Raquel don't have the best chemistry, but they can work on it. But as Scott said, it's very hard to be optimistic about these tag team titles when WWE has no team to hardly speak of to have them defend their titles against people moving forward besides Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey when she's back from her injury. But Paul, your thoughts on your Canadian sister (laughs) turning on Becky Lynch and the whole segment preceding it, which wasn't very good. So I, I, I feel like I watched a different like thing than, than you guys and quite honestly like most people that watched it so like you your opinions match more up with most of the feedback i've seen so i don't know if maybe i was just in a good mood when i watched it or whatever but like i really enjoyed the match and uh i i and i didn't like the heel turn <laughs> like i i thought like it was executed well like it, it was definitely executed well but um i don't think like there was no motivation for trish to turn like if if anything becky should have turned based on like how everything went down and, you know, like how, you know, and Trish didn't really give any indication that she was upset about anything before she turned. Um, She didn't cost her team the match, or I mean, she did cost her, like she lost. She's the one that got pinned. So like, why is Trish mad at Becky? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I suspect that what's going to happen is we're going to go back to last week when her and uh, Becky did a, promo when Lita and Becky did a promo and they walked off and left Trish behind carrying their belts and maybe she's jealous like you know that that's all I can say but having said that like I uh, like I I rated this on cage match and I gave it an eight and I was asked to explain my rating (laughs) like that's and that's never happened to me before (laughs) so um you know there was like over 100 votes and I think like only three people voted higher than eight and so it was yeah um and they've even kicked people off of there for for votes before so um but but yeah for me i I liked it um other than you know i don't i don't want to see trish as a heel and i don't really understand why she turned heel but i guess we'll find out on monday Yes, we need an explanation. Help me understand why she hates Becky Lynch, why she turned on her best friend. Maybe she was jealous. Maybe she thought it maybe could have been me and Lita as the tag team champions and not Becky. She's not a bestie. But I want to hear the points because Hill Trish from 15, nearly 20 years ago, was the shit. I loved her. And I hope there are some elements of that in the 2023s as we get into Monday's Raw because I want this all to make sense for me at the end of the day, because I'm still a Trish stand for life. So here's hoping the storyline does take flight the way it's supposed to in the weeks to come. As we segue to Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. This was the very definition of a big hoss battle that I loved. And Bobby Lashley has been through so much. He didn't have his WrestleMania moment, unfortunately. He did won- He did win the Dre, thankfully. That was a nice consolation prize the night before WrestleMania on SmackDown. But his ability to big hoss, big ass Bronson Reed. Here's a suplex here. A spine buster there. Like his strength is ridiculous. And Bronson Reed is no slouch either, delivering those shots and laying out Bobby as well for near falls. And at one point, Bobby goes for the hurt lock, and then Bronson just throws himself on Bobby to break the submission attempt. And then they get disqualified for kicking too much ass at ringside. That kind of made me mad. But at the same time, we're going to get the match ran back very soon, preferably a backlash, because I think they have great chemistry together in the ring. My only drawback, now that we know that Bronson Reed had the flu, he was not fighting back against Bobby. Bobby was doing all the strikes during the pull-apart brawl, and Bronson was giving nothing, but he was tired. He wasn't well. I forgive him for that, because normally he is a badass, and he'll make up for it in due time, as he noted on Twitter. But really, 
really fun segment, a match that has me intrigued for more, Paul, your thoughts on it, despite the bullshit finish. I I love the match and and the I actually like I kind of like the the finish only because it means we're going to get to see it again. And uh, I want to see it longer. I want to see it on pay-per-view. Um, I just I, I wasn't expecting much. I was quite honestly, I was just expecting Bobby Lashley to squash him. Maybe, you know, maybe he gets like one move in or something like that. But he actually gave him a lot. They went like over 10 minutes. And I, I just like I this is like the people that like WWE that like this is the kind of match that if you're flicking the channels and you see this match, like you're going to keep watching. You know, whereas like some of the other ones that people call, you know, good matches, like you kind of have to be into wrestling to to get it, you know, like, a, you know, Kenny Omega, and Viking, like you're going to get into like the the jumping around and everything like that. But, um, you know, like this is like two big dudes just beating the crap out of each other. And I loved it. Loved every second of it. Me too. That was a really fun matchup on Monday Night Raw. And I got a quick poll question before I get to Scott. Was it just me? Or did Corey Graves do a great job on commentary on Monday Night Raw? I think so. Like, I just because I don't remember being pissed <laughs> off at him at all. So probably. That's good. He sounded professional as fuck. And I was like, I don't hate you this week. Maybe Is Kevin Dunn stuck there. in the air? I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Maybe. Because you sounded normal. Scott, your take on this. Did Corey Graves sound better to you than usual? I I thought Corey was good. Um, you know, I I don't normally hate Corey as much as the as much as most people do. So he wasn't exceptional to me like he like he has been at some of the pay per views. Like he wasn't as good as he was during like WrestleMania or anything like that. But he was good. Okay, that's fair enough. But your take on this match? Because I thought I was going crazy thinking, damn, Corey did a good job on Monday. Hmm. But your thoughts on Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley? Um, I, I thought the match was good. Big E would be proud of what he saw. Um, the crowd was really into it. Like, the crowd was really into Lashley throwing them hands. Like when you, it looked like he was throwing them fists. The crowd was really into it. Bobby, like they were really going with it. Um, it explained a lot. I didn't realize he had the flu, and that explains why um, he looked so gassed at the end. So that, that that does make sense. I'm with Paul. I'm happy that you know there is the the double DQ or double countout finishes, so we we do have another match. But uh, yeah, this was good. I'm looking forward to the rematch and Bronson being a hundred percent, having that stamina to really go. Um, but yeah, this was this was a good big man battle. You didn't see no flips, no dive. Well, actually, you saw a few dives. Uh, let me not let me not say that. But uh, this this was heavy hit, heavy blows, big time moves, building to moves. Again, they built to a suplex. They they <laughs> built the match around a basic suplex. Like I, little things like that make so like they mean so much to me and make a match so much better so i enjoy this a lot me too a very nice surprise on monday night raw which i loved very much as we segue to my favorite promo from the night 
it was Cody Rhodes once again being in the pocket. He loses at WrestleMania, but he still maintains his heat as a baby face as he redirects his attention to Brock Lesnar. And he says, listen, I lost at WrestleMania. It wasn't fair and square. He wants to kind of downplay that, but he lost at WrestleMania and we should accept that point. But it's all about Brock Lesnar now and how he is the predator going after victims from John Cena to The Rock to Roman Reigns at one point to now himself. But Cody doesn't view himself as prey. He views himself as the predator. And he knows that Paul Heyman has this restriction of, hey, you don't get a shot at the title anytime soon. You have to earn it. But he had a bar saying all the things I went through from Stardust to being on the undercard to being on the main card to being an EVP to main eventing WrestleMania. I don't have to earn it. I am it. Like, that's a bar, Cody. Go you. And he cut a really strong promo on Brock saying that I'm scared of you. Yes, you can do really bad things to me. But for the first time, when you look in the mirror, Brock, you're going to be prey. And I'm going to be the predator coming for you. And I thought he did a great job with this promo. And Scott and I made a joke last week saying, are we going to the Kurt? Are we going to the Cody verse? Is he going to do the I have a dream speech? Is he going to solve racism? Really leave his boots in the ring, Highlander gear and all. But he didn't do any of that. He stayed in the pocket and he gave us a reason to care about Brock Lesnar versus himself at Backlash. Presumably speaking, Brock has his answer on Monday Night Raw. But I thought once again, Cody Rhodes absolutely delivered when it counted on the mic. And he just keeps killing it and making me believe that one day very soon he will be champion, Scott. We just don't know when. I think Cody week by week is just proving, you know, that, you know, the the loss of WrestleMania will not hurt him. You know, we may not get the moment as big as it could have been, but Cody Rhodes himself, when he does become the crown champion that he's supposed to be, it's still going to be a huge moment. I, I would argue that this is probably the best promo he's cut since he's been back in WWE. I, I think it was that good because this didn't there was no I'm about to start crying. Let me let me start wiggling my neck around so I can not shed a tear. He didn't have to adjust his his tie and stuff because he was getting all choked up. This was him being serious. <laughs> I'm going right to the point and I'm going in and I'm going in hard. I, I loved every second of this. This was this was a good raw, man. And and Cody Rhodes was a big part of it. He feels like a top guy. Like he feels like a champion waiting to be crowned. Um, and like you like you said, that line about earn it, I, mean, I am it. Like, and he listed all the things that he's done. And you're like, yeah, I mean, what else does he need to do except go and win those belts? And then he shifts, like his focus is still on the title. He made that clear. But then he's like, but let me let me let me take care of this beast. And yeah, I'm scared, but that's what you do when you're scared. That's what a baby face does. They, ex- they acknowledge, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm going to face my fears. That's a baby face to, the t- to a T. I mean, that is literally, if this was the 80s, Hulk Hogan would have said, I'm going to go take my vitamins and eat my spinach like Popeye. My muscles are going to get big and I'm going to go beat up the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? But this is Cody Rhodes saying it in 2023 and it's, it was really good. The crowd is completely with him. Do you hear the woe? Do oh, you yeah. hear the woe? Yes. I mean, do you hear that? And let me tell you this. My son. So I I, I like the song, the, his, his theme song. I listen to it sometimes in the car. My son has heard it. His theme came on and my son started singing the song. And when he <laughs> saw Cody throw his hands up and heard that big woe, he looked at me and said, Dad, whoa. 
It, I mean, like it's it's like that. Like it's 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 that type of thing with Cody now. And Cody is now one of his favorite people. And he didn't even see that man wrestle. He just like a song. <laughs> it just be like that sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm going off track. But this great segment. Cody is a is a made man in WWE as long as they don't do anything ridiculously stupid. Agreed. And that, whoa, like it just gives me chills now because the fans are all in on it. And I'm like you, Scott, I listen to Kingdom a lot these days. It is a banger. Not going to lie. I'm very into the song right now. I think WrestleMania did it for me. The whole pageantry of his entrance was incredible. That still makes me mad he didn't win. But I'm here for the long drawn out storyline as long as we get the conclusion we need at the end of the day. But Cody Rhodes right now is absolute money. No worries unless WWE fucks it up. But for right now, it's all butter. But Grandpa, your thoughts on Cody's promo on Brock Lesnar this past Monday in Seattle. Okay, so um, I will give you my thoughts on this promo. But first, I want to go back a bit. And I want to say that I first noticed how awesome that song was on the original All In. Like we're talking four years ago, and I was at uh, Double or Nothing in in 2019. The, the you know the first AW like pay per view, and I, I I was singing at the top of my lungs to that song. Like I and I was maybe the only one. <laughs> like I so I've been all in on Cody, and and I go way back. I bought. Um, smoke and mirrors, you know, on, uh, on iTunes, like, you know, I, this man could do no wrong for me, um, except for Stardust. And when he left WWE for a couple of years until he started the feud with Nick Aldis, um, then I started getting into him again. And, uh, even, you know, the Cody Luther King promo with Anthony Gogo, I was, yeah, you go Cody. Like, I just, it doesn't matter. Like I, the man could sell me on anything and I'm just, I'm such a huge fan of his, and 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 so when when WrestleMania came and I was the one from November from back in November, I put it together that, you know what, I did the math and, oh, we're going to hit 1000 days around um, around the Memorial Day weekend. Jeez, AEW has a pay-per-view on Memorial Day weekend and WWE has announced that they're going to have a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia in May. No date announced. I'm like, well. They're going to do a pay-per-view on the same weekend as Double or Nothing, and they're going to have Cody win the title from Roman in Saudi Arabia on, you know, on, on, uh, on AW Signature Pay-Per-View Day. Did I want this to happen? No, but this is what I figured would happen. And, and to top that off, like I've been watching Triple H's booking in NXT for a decade. And I know how he books baby faces. They never win the, the title on their first try. Go back. Go back to Bo Dallas. Go back to Sami Zayn. Go back to Adrian Neville. Um, Drew McIntyre. Like, n- none of them. They never win on their first try. And and Johnny Gargano. They, but then they, they overcome the odds. They usually get another obstacle in their way. And eventually they win. And then they get beat right away. Like that's just how he books. He grew up in in uh, the Carolina, you know, in, in watching the Carolinas, watching Crockett, and that's what they did. Ric Flair was on top the whole time, and he was a heel. And guys would win the belt, and they keep it for like two weeks, and then they'd lose it. So, but the Cody promo again, 
I'm watching this promo and I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. And I even wrote, this is the best promo Cody's cut. And then I'm just waiting for the hate because <laughs> like, I'm so used to it. Because every time I say it, everyone disagrees with me. But this time, actually, everyone's on the same page as me. So um, I was real happy to see it. I'm really looking forward to that match. Um, I I hope, I, I think he'll beat Brock, um, you know, at, at least at the end, maybe not the first time, but um, I guess probably it'll have to be the first time because if he's going to challenge for the belt in Saudi Arabia, like I predicted, he's probably got to beat Brock. So, um, yeah, I, uh, more Cody. I, I just, I, I love the man. I'm sorry, you know, Cody Luther King. <laughs> Amen. Blessed be. And for you to cap for Cody Luther King, with his I solved racism moment on Dynamite two years ago, your bravery to say I rocked with Cody in that moment. I did. I like, I didn't understand. <laughs> like, I just, you know, like, I don't see black or white. And then I didn't really understand it from the other end. Believe me, I was corrected and I was told. And I understand now why the promo didn't work. But at the time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, you go, Cody. You solve racism. You got this, buddy. <laughs> what, 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 just just real while we're all there what makes that even worse is that i thought brandy said one of the best things that she ever or cody or brandy said one of the best things ever to cody when cody said when they were like yep. dating or something he was like you know i don't see color and then brandy said well you don't see me yeah and i, that, I, I think mean, i mean i was reminded of that at that time. spot on and, and that's yeah. what makes that promo so hilarious like cody bruh <laughs> <laughs> bruh like what do you mean you you of all people should be seeing the color you I'm just, just like lost in the moment dude like, i got it i got it yeah. it's just like cody you be better and he has yeah. been better yeah yeah and and he's in the perfect place because i think aw fans would have booed him in that promo on one day probably yeah so he's in the right place He's where he needs to be in this moment. This is the perfect environment for him. WWE is his home. Mm -hmm. And I just think that this character works much better within the WWE framework. And he ain't got to try hard to get the pops. And everything with his promos as of late has been very natural and organic. And I'm here for it. Let's stay the course, WWE. I'm loving Cody Rose, capping for the theme song as well. And I'm just all in. Dude's doing what he needs to do. I'm very proud of him. And I will forgive Paul two times on this show for Whoa. supporting. See, you trying to get by with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Going to support that promo two years ago. <laughs> At least I'm owning it. <laughs> I do appreciate your honesty and owning something that was shameful at the time. <laughs> NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
as we segue to my favorite match for Monday Night Raw, it was the Usos versus the Afro Academy. And once again, Chad Gable, who is a heel by nature, finds a way to get the fans in his corner as he delivers a great babyface comeback. Otis, you know, he's trying to be Otis on the side with maximum male models. But this guy, he is so lovable. He's adorable. He's just a big ball of energy and fun doing the caterpillar once again big hossing when need be and then usos take out otis but chad wipes out both jimmy and jay with the moose on the outside headbutts jimmy and he gets a very close narrow near fall the pop sees fans in seattle they want an upset victory they don't get it because ultimately we have jimmy and jay super kick chad land the 1d on him for the one two three but once again like alpha academy they have what it takes to be a really strong babyface tag team in wwe i don't know how the draft is going to shake out in a couple of weeks time to see if they're going to keep chad and otis together but if they do they have viability as a tag team preferably as a babyface crew that can get over get the fans to their matches and be over at the exact same time so scott your thoughts on the matchup and how it went for everybody yeah, I thought the match was really good. Um, Chad Gable showed up and showed out. That dude is a problem. Uh, the the Chaos Theory German is one of my favorite moves to see. Uh, so that, that's always a pleasure. I So I love the ending when they hit the double super kick and you know they throw him off the ropes. The crowd is chanting. Well, you can hear him, 1D, 1D, as <laughs> soon as they get throw him up in the air. And so I, I love little stuff like that. But, yeah, the match was really good. I thought it had a really good pace. Um, started out nice nice and slow, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, Otis got a couple nice moments where he was really just kind of playing with the crowd. I think he even broke Jay Uso when he was holding them. It looked like he was smiling. I couldn't tell if he was yelling or laughing. So you know how Jay, JB – if there's one person that's going to break, we've clearly seen. It's going to be Mr. Serious, Jey Uso. Um, but yeah, the match was very good. I I hope Alpha Academy is something that stays around because I think they could be... If you're not going to push Chad as a serious singles guy, then I really hope that they're a tag team that you really build around, especially if the rumors of Street Profits being split up are true. You need a tag team, a babyface tag team, that you can always count on, like the Street Profits. You could always count on them for to put the titles on, to put in a title match, to put against a top heel team or top heel wrestlers. Alpha Academy can fill that void. They have the crowd with them. They have the talent to do it, which is the important thing. And they have the characters. People care about the characters, and they've shown that they can carry multiple segments. Let's not forget, Alpha Academy had people one RK-Bro owes a portion of them getting over mm-hmm. to Alpha Academy. Let's not forget about how important that was to that. So this was great. I Like I said, I hope Alpha Academy sticks together as a tag team and they are presented and featured as a premier tag team going forward. Absolutely. Great points made because RK Bro, that last year with them, feuding with Alpha Academy was so much fun. Who can forget the spelling bee? An all-time right. Monday Night Raw moment. And Otis getting caught up with the food. <laughs> Classic. And then Matt Riddle finding out grams and stuff in terms of weed. Like, that is all-time <laughs> is Monday Night stuff. Raw comedy. That was a moment. 
I will always treasure. That was entertainment of the highest order. And Afro Academy played a big role in that. They were attacked and champions at one point gave the belts back to RK Bro heading into that year's WrestleMania season. But their work should not be underestimated or underappreciated. But Paul, your thoughts on the Usos versus Afro Academy and whether you see Chad Gable and Otis being a viable babyface tag team post WWE draft. Okay, so you guys have thrown a lot of love at uh, the Alpha Academy, and, and rightfully so, and especially Chad Gable. You know, like going back, gosh, like seven or eight years now, like even to when he was teaming with Jason Jordan. Like this guy is, you know, a, just a tag team um, specialist and and one of the most underutilized talents in that company. But every time he gets a chance to shine, he does it. That said, when I'm watching this match. I, every time I see the Usos wrestle a TV match against a team like this, I'm reminded that, uh, again, no offense to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, no offense to the Young Bucks, no offense to FTR or the Lucha Bros. The Usos are the best tag team going right now. Like they, They're just so damn good because they make you believe – Every time, you know, like I thought Chad Gable was going to win, you know, like as I'm, and I know he's not going to win, but I'm just like, you know, oh, maybe, you know, like they're, you know, they're telling a story here and, and, you know, the Usos are on the outs with the bloodline. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, and then they just pull out that win, you know, they get that one D and like Scott said, you know, the crowd, they see it coming just as it's going to come and they can't help but cheer for it, even though they hate the Usos. Um, or I think they secretly don't hate the Usos, but they're they're playing their role. Um, I, and so, yeah, I just, I, you know, and and you guys, are, you know, and I hope the Alpha Academy stays together, obviously, uh, depending on how much um, input Vince has into the draft. And I suspect he probably has a lot. Um, I would I would almost think that this team is going to get broken up and i really don't want to see that but um i would just in awe at the usos and and yeah this was my favorite match on raw on a on a night of great matches like there wasn't a bad match on the show um and uh, other you know i guess you guys thought the, the women's tag team title match was bad but i didn't so um yeah just a great great match and uh all hail the usos they are a great tag team. They are so dynamic and they just make you bite for their near falls every step of the way. And they just make every tag team look so good and they just bring it every single time. And I think they do deserve their flowers, deserve their flowers. They are a great tag team, one of the best in the world. And Paul says they are the best tag team right up there. And I don't disagree because they just absolutely deliver when need be. And they did so this past Monday against the Alpha Academy. As we take a trip down to NXT, our favorite place. Am I lying? Perhaps. Being facetious a little bit. Spin up and down these NXT streets lately. But I thought it was an all right show this past Tuesday. I want to talk about Tiffany Stratton. So Ruka, one-on-one. This was a nice glimpse into the future. I do like both ladies. I think the Soruka has a world of potential, naturally, naturally athletic and gifted, and Tiffany Stratton as well. I thought this was a solid match. It was a gymnast routine at various points with the backflips and cartwheels and stuff. It was cool, but I do see the future. Give them two to three years of more seasoning and experience, and you got two future women's world champions on your hands here on the main roster. And I want Grandpa's take on this match, and you're thoughts on the future of Stratton and Soruka on the main roster when the time comes and maybe the next two to three years. 
I think you had the exact same thoughts I did when I was watching this. Um, again, like I watched this and I don't know, I never read feedback before I watch matches. So I had no idea that, you know, there was like that one sequence that someone posted and everyone was raving about it and comparing it to like ricochet and all this stuff. And I mean, that was just gymnastics, whatever it was. It looked good. They performed it well, but that's not the match. I was watching the actual match and Tiffany Stratton wrestles like someone that's been doing this for like three or four years. And I think she's been like less than a year. So Ruka has been going for like less than six months, I think. And she looks, you know, she's as good as most of the people on the main roster. Um, You know, I could easily see in like, three years these these two wrestling you know for the world title and like five years in like wrestlemanias you know like they're they're that good and tiffany has has her character down like nobody and Sol ruka is still trying to figure it out i think but she's such a natural athlete and i think she's got such a nice likability to her that as long as they don't mess that up um, she, she's got the look that they like, so she's got what Bailey had in terms of the likability, but she also, I think Bailey had to overcome that. She didn't, wasn't the traditional diva. I she, she's there now, but it took a while. And I think Sol Ruka will have that right out of the gate. So yeah, I was, I was super impressed and the match itself, like just, you know, the, the way that Tiffany executes her moves, the way she sells, um, it, it, she, she makes Sol Ruka look better than she is and and she's like a ring general after you know less than a year like yeah i was i was blown away by that and then you compare and i hate i don't hate doing this i do it all the time i shouldn't say i hate it um you compare that to you know on rampage uh the week before when anna jay and and uh, julia hart were in the main event and they have way more experience than these two and they you know crap the bed and and these two had a stage and they did a did a fine job so yeah, kudos to them. Yes. Shout out to Walker HBK for, you know, saying <laughs> I need y'all to get two weeks prep in, do what you need to do. I got you. He has an eye for talent despite his questionable storylines on the show at times. But the future is definitely bright for both ladies when the time comes. But Scott, your thoughts on Soruka versus Tiffany Stratton this past Tuesday on NXT. So, Paul, you went about it, you know, you did, you did, you saw the match first and then kind of saw the outrage. I saw the outrage first, you know, and I saw the, and then I saw the clip and then I watched the match and I'm expecting it to just be this, you know, because let's be honest, we've seen some really bad matches on NXT. So, you know, I'm expecting it to be that and I'm watching, I'm like, this isn't that bad. Like this isn't nowhere near the level of hate that I feel like it was getting, especially when I know some of the matches, who some of this hate is coming from that they, they kind of like. So I, I thought, and even like the, the choreographed stuff with the gymnastics and the backflips, I didn't think it really looked that crazy. Like I heard Brian Alvarez go off on the match and hmm. I, I, I didn't think it was that like I thought the the spots fit in with the what they were doing with the match like and once they got that part out it it became a, a match like it became a, a really good match like that was just a part to show off the athleticism that these ladies can do and then it went right into a match like so I I don't get the hate that that particular segment got like it and it now it wasn't the greatest thing in the world like I saw some people saying either but it was fine. 
It was completely <laughs> fine. Like I, I like the the overreactions both ways is just crazy over this clip. And you know, and I'm always gonna back Soul Ruka. You know, she my biracial sister. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> she always gonna get a little extra love from me. You know what I mean. But uh, and but Paul, you're spot on about Tiffany. She's she's incredible from the moment she makes her entrance. Like all eyes on her, the way she walks to the ring, you can't take your eyes off her. And you got Booker T over there. Like, well, Vic Joseph says something like, yeah, she's the, the center of attention or center of everybody's eyes. And Booker T's like, yes, she is. Or something like that. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Something ridiculous like that. There's like, the king over there. <laughs> exactly. You're like, book, go, go tell the queen to get you some water. We know you like to tell her to go get you stuff. Why don't you tell her to go get you some water, you thirsty piece of royalty, all right? But no, the match, I thought the match was fine for exactly for what it was. And, you know, we talk about the, you know, this was green on green, and I thought the match was fine. This this was better to me than Joe Coffey versus Tank, and I thought that was a fine match too. So I, yep. again, I don't I don't get the hate around it. I thought it was fine. This is what this is supposed to be, and I think this probably turned out better than I think even they did. And this is on national television, like live, live. Mm-hmm. Thank you, live. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't get the hate for it. Now here's what's strange. I didn't see any hate. I didn't see a thing. I, I must have my blockers ready to go or something because I didn't see anything <laughs> regarding hate for this match. I guess I'm not on the timeline like that. But I liked the match. It was good for what it was. And you kind of see how great they can be someday. And like you guys said, this was national television live on USA. This is not NXT level up when you have the beauty and power of editing to kind of cover up the mistakes. This was a live match. And this was a rare case, once again, of green leading green. But you do see the potential there for them to be great someday. I remember seeing Bianca Belair five or six years ago in the May Young Classic. I saw her potential. It took two or three years to get to where she was, main eventing WrestleMania, two years ago. And I can see Soruka and Tiffany Stratton in that spot. In two to three years' time, they got the raw skill set to find a way through this, to become really good wrestlers. And I think Tuesday was a nice sample of size. And damn the haters. I enjoyed it. I didn't see it. So therefore, I don't acknowledge them. <laughs> That's because you got that nice GH fan base. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got that nice GH fan base. You don't have that toxic wrestling fan base running rampant. My mine was in the Discord, and I mean, we all love the Discord, but it's pretty heavily AW slanted in there. Now, see, is Scott coming from my safe GH bubble, <laughs> you're, and you're sometimes safe <laughs> my safe haven. Sometimes it can be cracked because you know we got some trolls, but mostly my bubble is full of positivity and love. Aww. And Scott knows this. He's shouting out, GH, what's up, peeps? A lot of Sprina love. A lot of Sprina love. <laughs> A lot of Sprina love. <laughs> Luke and Laura still on there? Well, Laura is. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> she is. Like, oh, my wow. God. Like, yeah, for real, legit. Luke's wow. dead, allegedly, though. Oh, yeah. They're never dead. <laughs> well, it's soap opera, so he yeah. could pop up at any time. So yeah. we'll see about it. Yeah, but Laura's on the show, you know. Wow. Ice Princess storyline is back in effect, and Sprina's front and center. Scott knows this because he follows my timeline extensively, apparently, because he's in the bubble too. I pay attention. <laughs> I, I pay attention. I and I, I'm not gonna lie. I get a kick out of some of those posts from the G. Like, 
<laughs> some of these like ships they, they be they be throwing out there and like when it doesn't happen and it's it's pretty funny <laughs> see it's all good look at me getting scott in the gh screen a bubble i appreciate that so peeps if you're listening shout out to you guys love you so much as we get to the curious case of duke hudson so i thought that he was straight and narrow after stand and deliver you know, he was down for Chase U. He turned his back on the schism. He said, fuck this T-shirt. I'm with the U. And then on Tuesday, he gets his most valuable player award for being there for the crew. And then he's asking, then he's acting all kind of like, well, I guess I thank you guys. I suppose this is all good. I, I am the guy that saved the day. Like, what are we doing, Walker HBK? So you have Duke Hudson, who is charismatic, can work, can really get over as a baby face, but you got him straddling the fence as his kind of quasi, quasi heel in some ways as well, trying to possibly turn his back on Chase U. He's a part of this fatal four-way match in the main event spot alongside J.D. McDonough, Dragon Lee, and Grayson Waller. And he's a standout alongside Dragon Lee and J.D. And he's doing shit. He's getting over. The fans want to love him. But you keep playing both sides. And I'm not feeling it. Let this guy be over as a baby face. It was not easy for him to get out of the poker room drama of 2021. And he finally got out of that. He's a part of Chase U, but you still got this guy playing. Am I a heel? Am I a baby face? Am I a hybrid of both? Please pick a side, any side, and be that. Because I think Duke Hudson can be a viable baby face if given the full opportunity to do so, Scott. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And you know, real quick before I go into Duke Hudson, one note I want to make because you brought up the match, the, it, Walker, stop putting Dragon Lee in matches if he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just uh, stop. What are you doing? Why is he in the match? Why? There's no reason to put him in the match. Let him just go squash somebody. Like, let him go have a squash. Let him go dominate somebody. You let Joe Coffee have one. Why why couldn't Dragon Lee have that? Sorry. Just that was bothering me the whole time I was watching that match. Um yeah, I I, I don't know what they're doing with Duke Hudson. Like the his his character arc doesn't line up, doesn't make sense. Um I you know, he gets all fired up when he was, you know, talking about when they said, yeah, we're going to give you the MVP the week before. And he's like, yeah, oh, chase you, chase you. So I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to turn. He, you know, then he then he runs away when Braun Breaker's in there, and he lets Andre take the spear, and I, I don't know. I, I Braun's like, yo, you can have my spot. Like, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know what they're doing with him. I thought he showed great fire in the in the schism match, um, and I thought he was a standout. But I, I, I don't know what 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 story they're telling with his character and honestly i don't know if they do too i don't know if they want to turn him if they want to keep him baby face if they want to call him up like vince might have came down and be like yo i want duke called up you know for that one week he was in the gorilla now nah, he's not in the gorilla so they're like well i guess we're gonna keep him down here now so so i don't know i have no idea what they're doing with this character arc it's very confusing. I'm perplexed by it and I need to figure it out. And you are so right. Dragon Lee has been in two high profile matches for the North American Championship and the NXT title. And he's lost both times. He wasn't pinned. But for the love of God, um, get a win for Dragon Lee. Put in positions to succeed. That's all I ask. 
We're not asking for much. He's got a great theme song. He's awesome. Get the man some quality wins, just saying. But Grandpa Des, Paul, your thoughts on Duke Hudson and how NXT is possibly missing the boat on this guy being a really strong baby face moving forward for them. I think Scott hit the nail on the head uh, when he said that, like, not only does he not know, I don't think they know. And uh, yeah, maybe it was Vince, you know, and maybe they were going to call him up and now they're not. Maybe, maybe it had something to do with, um, you know, uh, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed, you know, like allegedly leaving and then now they're not. And so maybe that was part of what it was like they were going to keep this going or they were going to end this and now they're going to keep it going. So they want to keep him kind of on that line. I, if I had to put money on it, my guess would be that at some point he's going to have a match with Andre Chase for control of the university. Um, and, and then, you know, then we see what, what happens there. Um, you know, and, and I know, uh, Scott mentioned Brian Alvarez earlier. I know his long-term vision was Duke Hudson handing over the university to Keanu James. And I, I don't know that it could be something like that. Like who knows? Or, you know, the funny thing is when I see him, I think he's trying to be Dusty Rhodes, but he reminds me of Colt Cabana. Like he's got that headband and he wrestles in the shirt and he's kind of bigger than everyone else. And, you know, and, and, and Colt's got that natural like ability to him. And I think that's what happens with Duke when he starts doing all those dusty moves, like people just get into it and uh, you know, and, and I think they should just run with it. And he's got, he's big, he's got size, he's got personality, he's got a good look. Like, I think this guy actually could do all right on the main roster if, if they ever figure out his gimmick. That's the key. Like, figure out who du- who figure out who Duke Hudson is. Is mm-hmm. he a Chase U lifer? Is he a poker player? What is he? <laughs> what is his purpose? I know he's six foot seven, I do believe, or six foot five, wow. he's something. He's a tall fella. He's a big, tall Aussie. I like him a lot. He has survived the the pandemic era of WWE. He had that quick turn as a part of MVP's crew. You blink it and you miss it. He kept his job throughout all of that, and he's went through several he's went through several character changes. So I hope that something lands for him and he can actually be viable on the main roster because he does have talent and does want NXT in the meantime to figure out his value on this show as a baby face. And speaking of Kiana James, what the hell's going on with that? Wasn't she supposed to buy Chase U? <laughs> Who knows? And, and now we got this storyline of which I already, I already, I already told you how I feel about little big town. <laughs> I already told you how I feel about little big town and their little storyline. Fallon Henley's the biggest heel on that, on that company. I agree. Like yes. she's she's been plotting this whole time. This is I, what a block she is. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's say I it out say, loud. I can I'm, say it. She's a cock blocker. Okay, there, there you is. go. There she's cock blocking her version. We're best into the horny friend. hours now. I, I didn't check the clock. And, and you know, back to the Duke Hudson <laughs> point you brought up about the character. You both brought it up the character thing. Duke had, and you know, Keely, you went through the different characters. His best character, character-wise, to me, was when him and Parada were just making out with each other, and they were just the sex couple walking around everywhere. I mean, honestly, that's when he about that. I mean, that's when he seems like I forgot about him being in the hurt business. Remember when he? he <laughs> yeah, was, what I remember when he was backstage giving uh, Cameron Grimes love advice. 
I think I do remember that. You know what? <laughs> I'm sure this dude was probably in the underground too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Not you know what? You know what? You know what? Let me let me go back to a fantasy booking idea. Duke Hudson versus Michael Chandler. For <laughs> wait, <laughs> sir, sir, sir. How about how about how about how about how about this? How about how about Duke Hudson versus Alexander Gustafsson? Is he still in the UFC? You're just googling UFC names no, right now. I, I, I remember him. I remember him. He had a great fight with John. You Jones. and your Joe Hunt last week. Joe Hunt. <laughs> is, it, is that his brother? One of the Hunt brothers. One of, one of the Hunt brothers. Listen, listen, it's all in the family, okay? And Keela knew exactly who I was talking about. I was, Thank I was God. Amazed. Someone I, had to save your ass talking about Joe Hunt. <laughs> Come again? Oh, who? Come again? Oh, my God. Paul remembers. <laughs> Gigi? JC? Yeah. Where were they? Come again? <laughs> Yeah. Scott, one more time. I got the whole match. I yeah. watched it and I still didn't remember she was in it. She, she had a good promo off a ladder. this week. She had a good promo this week. The video. I thought it was the best thing they did with her so far. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. You know, talking about her childhood and how rough it was yeah. and her mom being abusive and coming from a broken home and where she is now. I did love that. It, it humanizes her. It gets you to root for her as a baby face, which they needed to do because heels turning on heels. Who can you feel sorry for? But Gigi is exactly. a natural baby face when given that shot. And I like that for her now. And to quick to quickly recap little Big Town's drama. Um, so the version Brooks Jensen wanted to get in the ring purse first and he wanted to attack, you know, the witches here, Fallon, take this, take this purse, damn it. Take it, take it, take it. Fallon's like, no, I can't. I'm not a cheater. I don't want to do that. So she just gets beat basically. And then Kiana James is out there on the floor, Damza in distress. And the version just shoves his guy, Josh Briggs, to the floor and picks up his woman and they walk away. And I don't care because this has jumped the shark. Josh Briggs <laughs> should have been Sebastian. But as we alluded to, Jay White is Sebastian. And that's why he left for AEW immediately because he said hell no to this. <laughs> oh yeah we were right scott he was sebastian listen i ain't got nothing to add to this <laughs> so what's going on man i just need jack off jensen off my screen <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta go post haste immediately Ugh, this potential was there, but now it's just gone. It just disappoints me greatly. But enough NXT talk. It was a show this week. It was all right. And it will be Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship in two weeks with spring breaking. Yay. Oh, joy. Go mellow. The end of that. But let's talk about Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down from the University of Nebraska. And I want to highlight a really good match between Xavier Woods and L.A. Knight, who is getting over, by the way, with this crowd. And he is the rare person that has gotten more over after a Bray Wyatt feud. 
That is remarkable. And the fans were loving this match. Xavier Woods was over with a flip dive on the outside, flips off to the back of Elliot Knight's neck at one point for a very close in the fall. Great action back and forth from both guys. And then and then we have Elliot Knight trying to cheat by grabbing the tights for leverage for the pinfall, but he gets caught by the referee. And then Xavier Woods pays him back, rows him up, grabs the tights for the win. The fans cheer, and then he bucks up to Gunther backstage playing his trombone, wanting a shot at the IC title. That should be a very compelling match next Friday on SmackDown. But I really enjoyed this match between Woodsy and LA Knight. And I think that WWE is very aware that LA Knight is getting over and they're probably waiting into the draft, I would hope, to pull the trigger on this babyface run because we predicted this, Scott, a couple of years ago almost that... L.A. Knight's got the potential to get over as a big-time babyface on the main roster. Catchphrase over. Great look. Great personality. Really good in the ring. All the tools to be a star as long as Paul Levesque is handling things because we don't trust Vince as far as we can throw him. Yeah. Um, I think all that was spot on. Uh, the match itself, how you went about that, that was good. Xavier Woods. Um, I think he's very underappreciated in the ring. I don't think he gets his due because of, you know, the group he's in. Kofi's an all-timer. Uh, and Big E is, for the for a big man, he moves well and he hits the big moves. I think Xavier has always kind of been that glue of the group. I think he's one of the best talkers in the company. I've said that multiple times on this show. Uh, I think he's definitely one of the best talker whenever he gets a serious time to cut a promo. Like, that promo we cut in the back. That was great. I mean, that was really good. He didn't – it wasn't nothing crazy. He didn't talk too long, but he, he got his point across. He made valid points, and he was he was straight up at Gunther. I appreciate all that, especially after a win. That's another nice thing. It's nice that these people are doing that after a win. He's won a couple of matches. So, um, And as far as the L.A. Knight thing goes, I, you know, we've, we've been touching on that. Uh, I think – him being able to get the crowd with, I mean, his whole gimmick is a, he's, he's, he is a walking catchphrase. That's his, I mean, that, that is literally him from let me talk to you to yeah, to <laughs> LA night. I mean, he is literally a walking catchphrase and there's nothing wrong with that because the crowd is with him and plays along with him the whole time. So yeah, I think I agree with you. You know, they one thing that WWE loves to do whenever there's a draft coming, if somebody's switching brands and they're probably going to get a big push on the new brand, they're going to lose on their way out. That's just – or on their way out when they're switching brands. That's just what they do. And so I, I fully expect him to be going to Raw and to go on a major winning streak, and I would not be surprised to see him as U.S. champion sooner than later. I agree. I definitely see that in his future very soon. And I hope that WWE runs with it with Paul Levesque at the helm because I don't trust Vince. As far as I can throw him, I pray for Xavier Wiz's chest next Friday against Gunther as he fights with the IC title. He ain't going to make it, but he's going to try his best. And we will celebrate that. But Paul, your thoughts on LA Knight versus Xavier Woods on SmackDown this past Friday. I hadn't thought of um, what Scott uh, said about how they always like to beat people when they're about to move. So yeah, that uh, lends some perspective to where things might be going for LA Knight. But um, I, uh, the one thing that bugged me, uh, the match was, was good, um, you know, but uh, Xavier Woods in his promo afterwards, he said that he's the hottest free agent in the company uh, in all of sports entertainment, I think was the way he put it. Um, 
you know, he's his only two wins were both over LA Knight. And like, isn't everyone a free agent? So like that makes you the hottest free agent. I don't you know, I, I question that. But, um, you know, he's got to he's got to uh, sell sell the match and sell himself. So, you know, good on him. Um, I don't think he's going to be beating Gunther, but uh, I expect that the match will be uh, will be pretty good. And, uh, you know, and Gunther is, uh, you know, he anytime he defends that title, um Again, going back to last week uh, when Scott mentioned, you know, like we we have all these different um, champions right now that are having these epic title reigns. And every time that one of them defends the title, it feels important. It's not just like, you know, it used to be or, you know, even as it is on some other shows where, you know, oh, you know, the start of the show happens and, oh, there's a title match coming. Like they actually build these matches and they mean something. And and I really, really, as a as a fan, appreciate that. And uh, and they take the time, you know, they're going to have a match with Xavier Woods and Gunther. So he wins a couple matches and good on them for doing that. Yes. So all in all, really good segment and go L.A. night. We're pulling for you, homie. And Xavier Woods, yeah. pray for you next Friday. As yeah. Well Gunther. Yeah. We haven't done that lately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you for a minute. I love L.A. night. He's the best, even though he's a hybrid of Stone Cold and The Rock. I still love him. I appreciate him. And shout out to the million dollar bet on the wall. Oh, the memories of Cameron Grimes and LA night a couple of years ago, fighting over that belt on NXT. Oh, the memories. I miss it. So by the way, where the hell is Cameron Grimes? Oh, he's probably, he's probably, uh, I think he's the one holding the camera for scripts. <laughs> I think him and Eric Young are playing, uh, playing cards in the back and just you know, hide, you know sitting on their phones so they can't hear it in case they're, they ring. They're waiting on Duke Hudson to come back to the poker table. Whoa, wait a minute. I said they're playing Uno, but I digress. Oh so, oh, so they're waiting on Tyler Breeze to come back. Yes, he held. He came back faster than they did. He actually made WrestleMania weekend. That's, that's true. Shit, he got a check. That's up, true. up, down, down. He sure did. He, he was on TV before they was on TV. Mm-hmm. And the shade. I caught that, Scott. How dare you? <laughs> I love my Uno during the pandemic. Don't you come for them. I love the Chugs and Cesaro and Woodsy and, and Breezy. I love them. They got me through some tough times. Well, you won't be seeing Chugs and Cesaro anytime <laughs> soon. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that. <laughs> they own that three to five contract in AEW. I ain't going to see them. But I see them once a month. Even though Chugs on is Twitch. A, Chugs is a manager now anyway. He's a spokesperson for AEW and a manager. I mean, what do you know? You know what? He Comes is a spokesperson. Circle. He's PR. He makes all the big announcements. That's good for him. But he is not just a spokesperson. The shade coming from you two, two times. You believe Adam Cole, Bebe alone. Just shameful. Look at you just firing shots. Randomly. You're right. You're right. I'll leave him alone. I'm sure he's got another announcement of another TV show he's got to make oh here next week. My oh, my God. Egregious. What has Adam Cole ever done to you, Scott? What has he done to you? I love that. I think he's a great wrestler. One of my favorite guys to watch, to be honest with you. But let's keep it 100. Besides having a staring contest with Chris Jericho and being the spokesman for new TV shows that Tony Khan wants out, what's he doing? Well, we're easing him back into the process. He did have a concussion for eight months. You know, we're trying to get him back into the swing of things slowly. Jericho's a nice, safe cushy spot heading into double and nothing i presume let's give adam some time let's give him some grace and he's a great spokesperson for pr releases jericho Listen, Kilo, that's not just an insult that's just a fact of life 
Oh my God. Jericho, Jericho <laughs> is the Bray Wyatt of, of AEW. Nobody comes out of a feud better after Jericho. Nope. That's my Winnipeg homie, but you're right. Shout out Ricky Starks. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Wrong show. You know, <laughs> we got Paul Fontaine on here and I'm thinking I'm on this show. Wrong show. My bad, Keela. This is your Welcome show. Welcome to the Dynamite show. <laughs> this is your show, Keela. Boom goes the Dynamite. Boom. No, this is our show. This is just not my show. It's our show. And yeah. sometimes we do have AEW talk spill over because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Scott, you stop playing. We do our Patreon shows and we like have full on AEW fantasy booking sessions for a show 15 years old. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I think tonight, I, you know what? He's silly Scott tonight. Yes, he is. Silly Scott Young. <laughs> silly, shady Scott Young. All of it. Oh, man. Adam Cole didn't do anything to you and you just fired your shots. Pew, pew, pew. Just very, very rude of you, sir. Listen. If if TK didn't have that man managing CeeLo Brown, I wouldn't or CeeLo Green, I wouldn't have this issue. So what I'm saying, I wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Wait a minute. First of all, <laughs> and second of all, CeeLo Brown. I corrected myself. I had the wrong color. <laughs> you had the wrong color. I had the wrong color. You, now you come up with Keith Lee. <laughs> you could have said CeeLo Gray. I could have forgave that because he is gray these days. Very, very gray. That's that's his new name. That's <laughs> fantastic. I I think I think he's he's uh, actually not he's not CeeLo. He's Grady Wilson. You guys are you guys too young for that? I'm too young for that. Sanford and son? I oh, know I'm Grady. Def- I'm definitely too young for that. <laughs> I, I, I I've seen it, but Grady. I'm too young for that. Yeah, that's who I think of when I see him. Now, you know, you tried it because, you know, Grady played old, but he was young. Yeah. And that's 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 old. That's Keith. That that is true. And I need Keith to get back into just for men. You looking too gray. Yeah, too, too gray. I love him, though. But the gray is shaking me right now. And this if concludes. You, if, you, if you watch Chris Jericho and Chris Lee, you're looking at him. You're like, I can't believe one of those guys is 50. And then you're thinking, I think the other one might be 60. <laughs> oh, 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 look at you too. Well, now, well. salty grandpa and shady and, and just, oh, that was a stray. Scott, yeah. you off, you off probation. He took you, he took your spot now. Word. Oh my God. I'm going to get another three months off after this. Man, <laughs> you coming back next week just for that. Hey, Paul said, let me get my money's worth while I'm here today. <laughs> let yeah. me get my money for my 76ers money comes in. I understand. Oh, it. yeah. Heck, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh my gosh. This show took several turns, and I apologize to Adam Cole and Keith Lee for the comments made by Scott and Paul. The opinions expressed on the show don't reflect <laughs> my thoughts at all. I love you both. Chris Jericho, no comment. Anyway, let's move on to the LWO, the Latino World Order. Now, who knew in the year 2023 this would be an overfaction in WWE and the redo is better than the original, dare I say. But here's the problem. The artist formerly known as Ricardo de Fantasma need a win desperately. I see my man Santos Escobar eating these losses. 
over and over and over again. And here's the thing. He actually gets distraction assistance from his team, from Ray, from Zelina, from Cruz del Toro, from Akin Wild. He gets all this interference assistance at ringside, but he's still distracted to get hit by moves by Damian Priest and Finn Balor and loses. And I need this guy who's really good to get a win for his crew to really establish the LWO as a legit faction in WWE heading to the draft because I want them all to stay together. But I keep thinking to myself, all these losses and Rey Mysterio trying to come to his aid, could it be leading to an upheaval of Santos possibly ceding control to Dominic Mysterio if Judgment Day breaks up during the WWE draft, Paul? Yeah, I, I heard you spelt that theory last week, and uh, you know it, that that's very intriguing, um, and and especially with Ray being the one that that kind of brought it back. Um, I when I first saw that happen a couple weeks ago, like I was like, oh, I just figured it was just like a one time cute little gag that they were going to do backstage, and and that was it. And then no, this is like this is like a faction, and I don't know if you guys know this, but um, I got a. I get the I'm on the Wrestle WrestleNomics Patreon and they they've sent something this week and it's the WWE shop most popular merchandise items and LWO is at the top of the list oh, believe wow. it or not. Uh it had a Cody Rhodes, John Cena, WrestleMania, Rhea Ripley, etc. You know Roman Reigns is down at number 6. Um and in WWE shop when you talk about specific items um, the men's Eddie men's Eddie Guerrero LWO shirt is number three, and the men's uh, black LWO Latino World Order shirt is number seven. And then you know there's there's other ones as well, but like it's catching on with with the fans, and uh, and so I I think like I. I, I love your idea, um, but I just like I, I worry that it might actually end up turning Dominic face earlier than they probably want to. Um, but but if he like, you know, does a forcible takeover of the group like and, you know, and starts, you know, repping that shirt like, man, that that could be the kick in the pants that he needs, you know, to lead a faction. Um, and and I'm I'm like super intrigued and I haven't seen any hints of it or anything. But, man, if they do that, I'll I'll be a bigger fan of Dominic than I already am. Dominic is great. He has turned things around beautifully in the last six months. And who knew five hours in County would change his entire career because he has been in the pocket ever since a legit heel that gets heat in the best possible way. And I love that for him. But Scott, do you kind of agree with my theory that perhaps maybe if the OWO keeps taking these L's mainly from Santos Escobar, could we possibly seeing a different leader of the LWO post WWE draft and backlash. I, I think that would be a really, especially with the, you know, Paul touched on that with the idea that it was Ray who brought this group back. You know, my only thing was what was wrong with Legado del Fantasma? Like just the name in general, is it too much? Was it too long? Couldn't write it on a shirt. He couldn't spell it. <laughs> What was the issue with the name? Like, I, I, you know, but it's cool though. Like, and that's that's an interesting tidbit you bring up, Paul, about that shirt uh, being so high. And let me say this: that that uh, red, white, and blue one. Ooh, that joint was sweet. That shirt went hard. I like that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a very interesting idea. I don't know if Dom's ready for that, especially with somebody 
as good and as charismatic as Santos being his number two. You know, it could be interesting with him trying to get the group back, you know, very similar to what he was doing with um, with Tony D uh, when he was in the family and stuff. But I, I do, or I'm sorry, the mob, uh, as they are known now. Um, but I, I do think the idea is interesting. And I, I just don't know if Dom is ready for that. Like, I think him being in a group, even if he is, you know, the most hated of the group, he's he's not that centerpiece. Rhea's always there. Damien's always there. And if he fumbles, like, they're still right there for him. I don't. I just don't know if he's ready to be the lead guy, the singular head figure of a group yet. But I think the idea is great. You know, I, I do that. I just wonder if Dom is ready for that. I think he's built for the moment, Scott. I think he is. I think that he's got Zelina, who's a great talker Fantastic. to lean into. And that's, that could be his new mommy. I mean, think about it in some ways. <laughs> so you bring that up. That's interesting. I wonder if that's how you turn Rhea babyface. Because how long do you keep her as a heel? Mm, not too much longer. The fans want to cheer for her. Right. So I that's Selena Vega being... So maybe the whole LWO just turns on Ray. That's what I'm thinking, because he's weighing him down with his bullshit family drama. Right. That's not a bad idea. And then you and then he starts feeling for Zelina a little bit more instead of Rhea. That's you know what you might you might be booking backlash in the next pay-per-view on. That's not bad. Hey, that's what we're here for to speculate to predict and hopefully it comes to fruition because I just see Santos eating all these losses and Rey Mysterio coming in lately and saying, Hey guys, I'm sorry. Here's some t-shirts to make it up for you. Take on my old title. The LWO, we back. We looking fresh and clean. And then like, bitch, we losing. You dragging us down with you. Like, mm-mm. so it might be something happening at backlash or post draft to have Dominic in charge and Zelina being the new mommy. I, on the, on the downside, I do love them as baby faces, but on the plus side, they'll be over his heels too. So I'll take it either way. As we segue to our main event, it is Matt Riddle versus Solo Sokoa. Matt's first match back in WWE in over 100 days. And this match was pretty good. He delivered some nice strikes and shots Solo Sokoa. A lot of interference from our tag team champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, going after Jimmy and Jey Uso at ringside. At one point, the Usos are ejected from the ringside area, but they come back and brawl with the champ some more. And this leads to, unfortunately, Matt Riddle eating the Samoan Spike for the one, two, three. And this is going to lead to the long-awaited rematch between the Usos and KO versus Sami Zayn for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles two weeks away on SmackDown as we get ready for the WWE Draft. And I want Grandpa's thoughts on this main event and how it sat with you as we could get a tag team title match on TV and a six-man tag at Backlash of Puerto Rico in a few weeks' time involving the Usos and Solo versus KO, Sammy, and Matt Riddle. I thought this was a really, really solid match. Uh, I, 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 it was almost might have been my favorite match of the week if it wasn't for all the nonsense that happened at the end. You know, like the, you know, Kevin and Sammy and the Usos all got sent to the back, and then they all just came back. Um, you know, and and the ref was just like, oh, what do I do now? You know, and, and then they ended up, you know, distracting, and that's how how they got the win. Um, I did like the post match angle afterwards. 
And one thing that I, I wanted to mention, and and it wasn't on your notes, but it's kind of a part of this match and, and the announcement of the tag team title match. I don't know if how many people caught it because I haven't really seen anyone talking about it. But when Paul Heyman was announcing the match and he said something to the effect of, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but we need to take care of this problem w- once and for all. And the way that it was shot, the Usos were were ahead of Paul, so they couldn't see where he was looking. And they assumed he was talking to Kevin and Sammy, but he was looking straight at them with the scowl on his face. Like, there's something coming with the Usos, and they don't see it coming. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming they don't watch the show, um, and, they, and they won't catch this. But I thought, I thought it was brilliant. And, uh, you know, and it's like really the first thing since WrestleMania that, you know, a furtherance of this storyline that was so great leading up to it. And I just I, I, I don't know how many people caught it and I hope it wasn't too subtle, but I, I just thought it was great. And, and yeah, and, and the match itself, you know, Riddle, you know, hasn't lost the beat. I mean, he's he's been out for a few months and he wasn't injured or anything. So, um, you know, I, I, I expected him to be all right. And, and he was good and he was over. So. Yes. So looking forward to all the fallout coming our way the next couple of weeks on SmackDown. Matt Riddle did look good in this match. Solo is easily becoming the new right-hand man in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how Jay feels about that. And as Sammy alluded to, hey, Solo almost dropped you on SmackDown last week. Don't think he wouldn't have if Matt Riddle didn't stop at the last possible second. So that is a dynamic. The never-ending bloodline storyline does have many twists and turns left to go, and that keeps me very intrigued, even though I wanted a very different outcome at WrestleMania night two, but I'm going to leave that alone. I'm still coping, trying to every day. It's very difficult. But it's only I... the third inning. Just, just sit down and wait. <laughs> you know, Paul, <laughs> you trying to do this baseball analogy right now, and you said the NBA season's over for you, so don't try to Toronto Blue Jay me right, right now. All right. How dare you? But I hey, do thank let me, you for let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all that. what we're not going to do. Ain't going to be no baseball talk on here. <laughs> okay? Hey, let me tell you what we're not going to do. I was do. just quoting the tribal chief, man. <laughs> Touche. But ain't going to be no the Blue Jays, Yankees, none of them. None of that. All right. May we ask why? Man, let me tell you something. I hate baseball. The, the sport more than just about anything in oh, the wow. world. I don't know why. It's probably because I'm not good at it. Like it's the one sport that I am just awful at. Like I can play everything else competently, at least if not good. But this baseball, oh, I'm a joke. I, I love baseball, so I won't. I won't get into it. I I like baseball. I, I like when the Braves are winning. I I like when certain teams are doing well. Go, go Padres, and, and, and to a lesser extent, go, go guys over there. Uh, Scott doesn't have a team because he lives yeah. in Virginia, and he could claim the Phillies if he wants to. You could, we, you could claim them. We have the Richmond Flying Squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you wonder why I don't like baseball, it's because partly I don't want to root for the Flying Squirrels. So. You, can, you can claim the Phillies. You nah. can claim the Nationals. I'm good. I'm good. Come on. Orioles. 
I would, the that, Orioles? That, would, that would probably be the one I would do is probably the Orioles if I had See? to pick one. But I, I'm and, not. And I'm not. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> I'm not. They, you got like 80 people on the team. Only like a, there's a different p- person th- pitching every day, like different people in the outfield. I, there's way <laughs> too much going on. And then don't get me started on playoff games where they change pitchers every two pitches. <laughs> don't even get me started with that. We learn something new every day. Scott Young is a baseball hater. A Yankees Red Sox game goes longer than like a night of WrestleMania. Right. That is true. (laughs) That's a five hour marathon. Yeah. Lord. So I am now a proud supporter of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. (laughs) I love that name. (laughs) I support them. I want to buy a jersey. Repping your team. Oh, there's a flying squirrel on the front of it. I love that. So I'm going to support them. I'm going to root for them all season long to just tear it up for Scott because he says, fuck those flying squirrels. But I love them. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Mason Black and Raymond Burgos and uh, Ryan Murphy, Connor Nurse, Randy Rodriguez, Landon Roop. Those are my boys. <laughs> no, did you did you Google the team? No, are you kidding? I told you I'm a big baseball fan. Right? Oh, I thought Kai, Kai I Wee thought... Tang. That guy's a hoss. He's six foot four, two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> oh yeah, he's just amazing. I, I thought you were reading off backyard baseball players from no, the video no, no. game back in the day. Hayden Cantrell is he's 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 the dude. Mar- Marco Luciano, right? Um, yeah, Hunter favorite. Bishop, Vaughn Brown. Oh, I like, got a picture with him great. the other day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, the coach, like, you know, uh, Dennis Pelfrey managing them, he's he's a legend. Top tier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This show has taken so many turns today that I didn't foresee coming. And I still got to get Scott's thoughts on the main event of SmackDown. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because, <laughs> you know, we spent five minutes discussing Scott's hatred of baseball, but I'm still rooting for... The Flying Squirrels. But your thought on Solo versus Matt Riddle in the main event spot. But you go on, you Flying Squirrels of Richmond. Why not? Well, I will say this. The Flying Squirrels are much more enjoyable than Matt Riddle's uh, pigeons or whatever that would come out of his feet when he threw his flip-flops. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the match was good. I will say, I, I do want to say this about the match. Watching Solo in that ring is literally like watching a reincarnation of Umaga. From the way he he does his uh, Samoan drop to the way he posts himself on the ring post when he misses a corner splash, like everything, like his mannerisms, like it's all Umaga just without the face paint. Like I'm literally watching him thinking, if Umaga wrestled today, this is probably what he would look like. He probably wouldn't have the face paint and all that extra stuff. And Armando Alejandro Estrada would be managing him, <laughs> you know, like. All that, but I, I thought he was. I thought Solo looked great, and I think they have done a great job with Solo Sokoa as far as bringing him up, protecting him, making people fearful of Solo whenever he's brought into the picture or whenever they're talking about handling something and they look at Solo. Like there is a real fear there that they have ingrained into you, where you're like, "Oh, Solo's getting involved." It was Roman and Solo that was advertised for that tag match with Cody and Brock. There's a reason, like, they've done a great job of just making him 
feel like a big deal and feel like a legit problem. Like Cody beating him meant something. Cody pinning him a couple of weeks ago before Mania meant something. So they've done a great job with him. Riddle I've always been very high on. I don't know if he'll reach that main event status that I always thought he was going to with the RK Bro relationship and where that I thought that was going. So I don't know if he's going to get back there. But him being in that upper mid card right before the main event, I think that's a great spot for him because he's always going to have the crowd. He can always put on a good match. And Paul, I'm with you. The ridiculousness of all the inter- like you send everyone back and then they just walk back out. Like <laughs> Adam Pierce, you walk out of here all the time, and now you don't want to show up. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you always trying to flex on somebody, but now you don't want to show up. Like, come on, bro, what are you doing? So. Yeah, the match was good. Uh, I like that they – I kind of like that Solo just destroyed him after the match too. Like I thought that was great as well. So, again, I love what they're doing with Solo. Matt Riddle looked good. Adam Pierce is a punk. Well, now. Sonya's look, right. Yeah, well, you know, see, I am a defender of Scrap Daddy. But, see, when you allow them to come back out there – And just where, chill. And just chill. Where was the security – where were the referees? Do your job, Adam. Do your job. Chelsea Green, a Karen. I'm starting to cap for a little bit because look at what you're not doing on your job. Just terrible. Preach. Can I speak with the manager? I love Chelsea Green. She does play this character so well. I am a fan of Chelsea Green. I'm I, a I, I, big fan of that outfit. Well. Um, see... <laughs> Well, I know it, it, it suited her character very well. I'm, I'm sure it did, Paul. I'm <laughs> sure it did. That's the when you saw that outfit, you said, "Damn, that accentuates her character." She looked yeah. like a bottle of V8 juice. <laughs> <laughs> she, those, she, she looked like a bottle boots. of V8 juice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> her and Raquel fighting in those heels choices. Yeah. At least living. Sonya had their flats on. Oh, can we? I, I know we don't have time, but can we talk about how awful that promo was? What did What did oh Raquel say about like her, no live? That says something about I. I love when you toss me into wide open things or something like that. And she went, ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, this was the first. This what? was the first SmackDown since they've been on Fox that didn't have a women's match on it. And I think that promo happened, and they had a match scheduled. And we're not doing that. No. Damn, Paul. I know. Damn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like he was so bad. Call call it off. Yeah. You know what? They were so bad. We're taking all the women off the show. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Sorry, ladies. No, I didn't I, realize that, that there wasn't a women's match. That's no. I know. And, yeah. First one, and and I'm amazed that it isn't a bigger deal. But I think that's. I'm actually happy about that. That people aren't making a big deal about it because next week there might be two. You know, like it. It's just not a thing that I think. Well, there's a tag title match anymore. next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, I'm sure. That, yeah, I'm sure there'll be at least another one too. But I, I didn't even. But you know, and and Keila, you know, correct me as if I'm wrong because I am. I am a dumb male speaking on this. So please let me know <laughs> if I am talking out of pocket. But okay. If like, and we we talked about this with the main event of WrestleMania. You know, if it's not warranted, let's not just do it just to do it. Did you notice that there wasn't a match? And if you did notice it, like, did it bother you that there wasn't a match when the women did have segments like that? And, and let me know. I, I, I'm curious what you thought about that. Here's my thing. 
I noticed it, but I wasn't upset because you have to ask yourself this question. What would you prefer? No match? Or would you prefer a quota being met and you get two minutes or less? Like, don't give me a meaningless match that has no time versus no match and you're building up to something for next week. Give me that. I don't like quotas for the sake of having a quota on your show. I like quantity. I like the quality of things over the quantity of giving me something just to fill a spot on the card every single week. That's my thought process. So when people freak out, think about this. What would you prefer? A match built up for a week or something thrown together on TV that doesn't mean anything? That's my thought process on it. And we and we did get that promo segment. We also we got some interaction between Rhea and Zelina in, right, in right. the in the Damian Priest Santos Escobar match. That was awesome, by the way. And that probably set up a match down the road. And I think Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega are going to have a hell of a match. Uh, I think so too. When they do, because Zelina Zelina's killing it every time she gets a chance to wrestle. So um, yeah, so I, yeah, I agree with you, Keela. And obviously, your opinion means a lot more, you know, given um, you know your perspective and 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 everything. But um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm a big fan of women's wrestling as well. Like I, I agree, and and I and I like the fact that they, people aren't making a big deal of it because it means that we've progressed to the point where, yeah, you know what? Maybe I remember a, an NXT one time where there was like I think there was eight matches and seven of them were women's matches, and yeah. nobody even noticed. You know, it, it's just what we had on the show that week. So, and you know, Keila, me and you do the the throwback show, so. We know what it looks like to just throw a women's match out <laughs> there. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like we, we, we just our last throwback was I can't remember, but it was we got like a an eight minute or like a seven eight minute match between like Mickey James and Melina. We were like, look at yeah. this, this is incredible. So <laughs> we know exactly what it looks like to just see a women's match thrown out there to, like you said, meet a quota. So. I, I I thought that was spot on. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And it's not to say like the women's divisions for both rosters need work because they do. And that's a sore spot right now, especially with the women's tag team title scene is very paltry at the moment. There are hardly any teams that's got to get worked on. There needs to be depth for Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair moving forward. But at the same time, just don't throw things out there that you're not going to commit to week to week. And that's how I feel about it. And I'm glad there wasn't some kind of outrage or hashtags trending. I'm like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. We had WrestleMania two weeks ago and Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley killed it. And Bianca Belair and Oscar killed it. It's about what you do post-draft. And hopefully WWE has that front in mind. And that is my take on this. And um, really good sidebar discussion because I think it's important to have when it comes to the women not having matches on TV and not freaking out about it at the same time. There was a dark match of Shotzi and Lacey Evans. And I mean, if that was the option, <laughs> I, I think we're good. Hey, you know what? I'm good on that. I'm, yeah. I'm good on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Listen. no offense, but I'm, and you know what? And y'all know how I feel about Lacey Evans. So I'm good on all of that. Yeah. Lacey broke Scott last year and Tore I tried to warn up. him. I said, by week four, Scott, I smell bullshit. But he was leaning in. Oh, this is a beautiful story. She's tugging at my heart. By Man, week five, he I was, said, fuck this. I was I'm telling done. her the next big baby face. And little did I know she was just about to smack me in the face. <laughs> I mean, she smacked Scott down back to earth and i felt so bad because he was all in and i was too for like the first three weeks i'm rocking with it by week four i said mm, i smell something what did she say I smell something fishy oh, let me talk to you well, no, me, i got a story to tell or something 
What did she, she say? How she phrase it? Oh, <sighs> give me a moment. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And, I, and the first one, I was like, oh, what's she about to do? And then it became... <laughs> Here we go. So it was something ridiculous like that, but yeah, yeah. So I know the first couple times she did it, it it, it sounded like so natural. And right, right. After yes. a while, it was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Week four, I was like, I'm over it. Scott was like, I'm hanging on. Like, I can keep hanging on. See what happened to you. I'll say this though. She at least she explained what was going on. We still waiting on Liv to talk about why she all of a sudden loves pain. So you know what Scott it's been two weeks for seven months <laughs> and I still ain't got my answer so I'm never that. gonna get it I love you Liv but you're wrong I ain't, I don't know why you like to go through tables why you like to go through things well, she I li- don't know she, why she likes to be thrown by Raquel in the wide open things things wide open I'm sorry as she wide open spaces well, the chicks mm-hmm. go chicks see what we did and see this is why i said that Liv and raquel don't have the best chemistry right now that promo exhibit a yep mm. i love live but this tag team dynamic i'm gonna pray for it hopefully it gets better but with that it's now time to pick the best damn television match of the week the best thing across raw smackdown nxt maybe nxt level up or main event so paul your take on what you thought was the best match from wwe this week so I uh, I almost picked the Usos and American Alpha, and that's actually what I was going to say before we started the show. And then when we were going over NXT, I something we didn't even talk about, and I remembered was the uh, the four way. Well, I guess we talked about it briefly, but the four way main event uh, NXT number one contenders match: Grayson Waller, Dragon Lee, Duke Hudson, and JD McDonough. That match was awesome. That was like a takeover kind of level match and uh, best match on WWE TV this week. All right. Scott, your take. Um, I'm glad you brought up the four-way. It was a, a really, really good match. Uh, I am going to go with – I'm also not going to pick American Alpha and the Usos as great as it was. I'm going to go with Santos and uh, Damian Priest. I thought they had a really, really yeah. good match. Um, Santos Escobar is really good. Like he, And he can work as a babyface and a heel. And what I like about him is he adjusts his moveset. You know, he doesn't just do the same moves, whether he's heel or babyface, like a lot of wrestlers do. Like, he wasn't pulling out these standing, you know, top rope standing Hurricane Ranas like he, when he was a heel. So I, I like that he changes his moveset. And this was a real, and Damian Priest, we already know what he brings to the table. So, real good match. Good picks from both guys. I'm going to go with, I will pick. L.A. Knight and Xavier Woods is my match of the Ooh. week. Really enjoyed it. Love the heat from the match. Xavier Woods being over. L.A. Knight also catching over the crowd as well. Really enjoyed the opener to Friday Night SmackDown. Really nice week for WWE as a whole in terms of good matches across all the shows. Can't count main event because I didn't watch, but I'm sure something good happened there. Level Up has some gems as well. And all in all, a pretty solid week in WWE despite the messiness of some storylines here and there, especially on NXT as we put a bow on this week's wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank my co-captain, silly, salty, shady Scott Young for being here this week, just throwing shots at various people across many promotions. And somehow he's still left standing rooting for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. (laughs) 
Listen, um, first of all, <laughs> that's probably the most pub the flying squirrels have gotten in a while. So shout out to the flying squirrels. But Keela, as always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. Uh, I look forward to our conversation next week and seeing what WWE has to offer us. And, uh, you know, Shout out to Rey Mysterio. Still on my good father list so far. No meetings with Titus O'Neil are needed. That is good to hear that Rey is one over Scott as being a contender for father of the year. Congratulations, Rey. You've come a long way. And as always, I want to thank one of the OG members of the rap from way back when, from that day one-ish. I bring to you once again to close out the show, Grandpa Dez, Grandpa Ass himself, Paul Fontaine, thank you for joining us, blessing us, and trying to sway me into your baseball philosophy. <laughs> into that, I say no. Yeah, bump that. <laughs> thank you all for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure. And uh, the my only regret is that now I don't have a show to listen to on Monday morning when I'm having my burger and fries at Junior's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll just listen to myself. <laughs> yes, we're selfish that way. I listen to me. Oh, I just got go. listened to himself. Oh, there you go. Okay, there are there are a couple of clips where I'm like, let me go see how that sounded. Let yes. me go see how that sounded bad. But definitely, at least give us the download because we need all the downloads we can get. Did you hear? Oh, I'll J- definitely download. Hey, it. did you I hear the Mike and JD show? We got a lot of competition now, so we we need all the downloads we can get. We're getting canceled. I mean, that shows <laughs> that shows firing up. <laughs> they, they got WWE employees on the show, and like, you know what I'm saying? We we're supposed to be the WWE show. I know. And now they're trying Tell to tell me about over. it. They talk about CM Punk, and yeah, and we're like, oh. Impact wasn't enough for him, so they had to go and take AEW and WWE over. Mm -hmm. You know what? Shout out to Mike and JD, though. Great show. Love the first episode. It's blowing up. They're doing a damn thing. We're very proud of them. They're spinning off. They They got exclusive tea. They got inside scoops. Hopefully, they can slide some scoops over here. So we have a rap exclusive at some point (laughs) very soon. We need a crossover, damn it. I need some tea, but we'll get there. I'll give you you what I think might be a scoop. There we Uh, go. I think think by the time we speak again, well, I remember I predicted uh, Zion Quinn and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Von Wagner were going to be fired. But this one I think is better. I think Von Wagner is going to be – the muscle for Noam Dar going oh. forward. Hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. So there you go. Where There's is, your scoop. Wh- where is Zion Quinn, by the way? He was in the uh, Battle Royal. Playing, playing cards week. with uh, Eric Young and Cameron Grimes. <laughs> playing Uno. Yeah, there you go. In Duke Hudson's poker room, apparently. Yeah, where they all just hide their cell phones and hope that no one remembers they're cashing a check. <laughs> Hey, watch yourself post-draft. All I got to say, we're pulling for you, though, people. We're pulling for you. And with that, that's a wrap for the week that was in WWE. We'll be back next Monday as we count down the weeks until Backlash going down in a few weeks' time in Puerto Rico. Until then, for myself, for Scott Young, and for Paul Fontaine, that's a wrap on the week that was for WWE. Take care. Bye-bye.